is a test of the Boundary Park Alert System. Hello and welcome to episode 68 of the Boundary Park Alert System with me, Matt Dean, Andy Halliwell. This week we've got Will Goff as well. Morning, Will. Good morning. And uh, making his pod debut, Rob Greaves. Good morning, Rob. Morning, Paul. Morning, lads. So, um, yeah, it's not really got time for messing around in introductions. We'll do the, uh, we'll, we'll get on to Andy. We'll ask Andy, why, um, how come you got Rob on? Because, uh, you know, you, you booked the fan guest. Um, what was it about Rob that tantalised your uh, taste buds, <laughs> so to speak? Uh, Rob, Rob was, when when we did the record from the North Stand for the Port Vale game mm. for Pat the Park, we put a bit of a, we put a, a sort of a question out to fans. Would anyone like to come and join us and, and record together in, in one of the boxes? And Rob was one of the guys that put his hand up at that time. Um, and we, we went with someone else, but I kept in contact with Rob and booked him on for a future date. And here we are. Welcome, Rob. Thank you. We were just talking a little bit before we, uh, before we press record about how you were feeling this morning because you were one of the uh, 500 plus that made the trip to Harrogate yesterday. How are you feeling now? <laughs> yeah, still a bit ropey, but uh, as always, the 90 minute spoils a good day out, doesn't it? And uh, yeah, I was sat in the home end as well, which didn't really help. But um, <laughs> just sat there, constant thinking, what am I doing? And we went 3 0 down. I just, I just left. But um, good day out, other than the result, obviously. Well, I mean, what a day. Uh, <laughs> like you, I, I got on the train yesterday, went over with my brother. I actually decided to be sensible, even though we were at the train station at 10. I actually didn't get any cans for the train and, and made it all the way to um, to Harrogate before I had a pint, which was, sure. on reflection, very, very sensible, because I feel all right this morning for doing the podcast. <laughs> um, and... Um, I made up for it when I got to Arrogate. Like, don't don't get me wrong. I, I sunk a good few before before we got to the game, and I'm glad I did because it was absolutely abysmal. It was really really bad. Uh, were you over, were you over there, Will? No, no, no I didn't make no. it. But um, it was a terrible game from our point of view. But what struck me, uh, Rob, was how quiet it was in the away end. There wasn't yeah. that. Like normally, there's always, especially on a Saturday, especially on somewhere fairly local where where people have got on it early and they're having a good day out. There's usually that kind of like before the game, um, usually at the start of the second half, uh, if not throughout the first half. That that kind of enthusiasm to get behind the team and to make and some noise and to chant and sing, but it was dead. You see, yeah. it seemed like all the hope has had been squeezed out of the of the travelling faithful, and then obviously the performance did nothing to inspire. Um, any of that? What did what did you make of it from from your view in the home end of the of the game itself? I totally agree. My me, me dad and my me, me two pals are in the away end, and as soon as I saw him after the game, I said the same thing. I said there was nothing. There were no chanting. Um, I think there was a couple of Abdallah out chants as you get, but literally not not in terms of getting behind the team. Very very quiet. Considering we packed it out as well, I was quite surprised. Um, but you don't you don't blame us, do you? It was just abjects. There were no bite, no threat. From minute one, you just thought, I know what's going to happen here. We'll be one or two nil down by half time. And right enough, we more or less was. But yeah, I was, uh, as I say, just wanted to get out of there. Just wanted to get back into the pub. But it's not, it doesn't surprise us anymore, does it? There's just nothing up front at all. I mean, Bahambula, I don't know what's happened to him. You know, when we're watching him 
uh, and I follow last season. I thought, I can't wait to see this lad live. And I just think he's just not the same player. I just don't know what's happened to him. But well, you can we're tell playing that's... him out of position, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course playing, are, yeah. playing him through the middle, that, that, that lad has never been a centre-forward in his life. He wouldn't, he's, no. he's not, that's not the position he plays. So when, when he was really effective... Last season he was playing out wide, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. So he, yeah. he really needs he really needs to be given that role. And and I think that's part of the issue is we haven't got a centre forward, so we make do with people that really are not equipped for the role. Yeah. I just thought that it was I said it on the Twitter yesterday. It was like a team of agency staff. They all know they've got new jobs next year. They're not they're not got commitment, they're not dedicated to the cause. And God help Shez, he need, he needs at least four or five to come in. I know that's practically impossible with what's going on. What? What? <laughs> Why? What, what Shez got to do with anything? <laughs> I've jumped the gun a bit. Huh? You've jumped the gun. I, I, so it wasn't a dream. It wasn't a dream. I think no. I mean, obviously, we're going to come on to Shez, but I think there is like a. There, let's try and tell, like, go through this in kind of like in some kind of chronological order, insofar as how we all felt yesterday and the mood and everything. So you know, the goals, soft goals, um, yesterday as usual, no bite, like you said, no fight. Simply text it. I text uh, hashtag relegated, hashtag OFC yesterday. That's how I was feeling. At the end of that game yesterday, there was absolutely nothing to suggest that there was enough in the team, enough in the coaching staff, enough in the fans, because everything was completely dead yesterday. And, you know, the people have, 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 have um, focused on the video and, and, and what happened at the end of the game with the very unfortunate position for the for the players that they had to walk through that makeshift tunnel through the, basically right through the middle of the Oldham fans and I was right at the front and I was I was I was there and, and I mean I wasn't I wasn't abusing the players but I was asking I was looking them in the eye and I was you know struggling my shoulders and I was like you know what's going on what are you going to do and I was trying to get their eyes I was trying to see what was what was the feeling and and it ranged from complete indifference to terror <laughs> um to but there was there was there was nothing to suggest even in that that there was that fight that there was like we're going to prove you wrong and it was very very deflating and the least that you expect from a team that is Harrogate got away with it so easy yesterday Rob like we were doing that stupid playing out from the back thing right from the beginning and what Harrogate were doing at the beginning of the game was putting us under pressure and they were pressing us and as soon as they scored the goal they went, well, there's no point doing that anymore. Let's save our energy. And they stopped doing it because they thought yeah. we've scored now. They're not going to score. They're hopeless. And and they, if, they, they just relaxed. If if Whelan takes that red card just before the second goal, that's a different game. But, you know, it couldn't even do that. You'd expect a player there to be putting a proper challenge in to try and stop stop him because as soon as, as, soon as they were one-on-one, it's pretty much guaranteed a goal. So that, that goes in, it's 2-0, and, and then it's game over. I mean, I mean it's probably, it probably game over at 1-0 anyway because we don't have any fight. We don't no. have any anyone that's going to score a goal. Um, you know, so 1-0, yeah, was probably... They, they'd all just seem to given up all over the pitch yesterday. There's like one or, one or two that are trying, but that's not going to carry you through a relegation battle. No. And so yesterday, we were in the second half as the players came back out on the pitch... Salim was wearing that like long hooded gilet <laughs> thing, that white thing, made him stand out like a sore thumb yesterday, which I thought was a really bad choice of there. They would have tried to blend in as much as possible under the circumstances. Going into the centre circle, like before the half time, like talking to players, like it's like you've still got things to say to them uh, at this point, like just as we're coming out. Like, uh, I don't know. I mean, thank goodness, thank goodness that that 
is that that phase is over. The Salim phase is over. It was an unmitigated disaster. Was it nine games um, that he lost and or that we played uh, without him, without a win anyway? It was going nowhere. Um, and Sheridan's back. Chez is back, and before we find out what the lads think of that, I spoke with his old teammate at Latics, Tony Cars. Hey, Tony. Hey, how are you doing? You all right? Yeah, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'll just turn my volume up on this. You've been on the pod before. Uh, it was a while ago now. Um, yeah. Things were obviously not great at, at Boundary Park, uh, and we spoke about it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but you you tagged the podcast into a, a tweet uh, when the news came out about Chez last night, saying there's hope. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, we, we all feel exactly the same way. You know the man, and uh, I yeah. thought I'd give you a, a shout and see if you fancy just coming on and having a quick, quick chat about what that hope means, and just from you, from somebody who's played with him and knows him, what what he's going to yeah. bring now back to to Boundary Park. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, he's top top class manager. He's the best player I've ever played with as well. Do you know what I mean? Um, you know, I regularly say that. I think. You know, he knows the club really well. He's a really experienced manager. He gets results. Do you know what I mean? When he goes in at clubs, he has an impact. I'm sure he'll have an impact at Oldham. Um, obviously, he knows the game, you know, on the back of his hand, like great knowledge. Uh, and he's got a real passion for the club as well. I think that's important. I think straight away, I'm, I'm open. there'll be at least a thousand more fans in the ground, which will help the players. It'll, it'll give me a huge lift seeing him come in, the respect that he that he commands, do you know what I mean? And um you know, I think he'll get them organised. He has a way of playing that, that has been successful. And I think that's what that's what they need. Do you know what I mean? Let's have it right. It's been a mess. Um, I hope he's supported in the transfer market because I think they do need players. There's hope, but Shez brings massive hope. And what I'm saying is give him the opportunity to bring in some players that he thinks can help. Because again, he's got a track record of bringing in the right players at the right time. He's done well with that over the years. And he'll know exactly what they need and he'll know exactly who they need. So... Hopefully he gets back and he can do that. And then I think, you know, that like like we said, that there is real hope there. I was having this chat with my dad before in the kitchen and um I was saying Shez he loves this, doesn't he? He loves this kind of underdog battle, roll your sleeves up, it's it's now or never do or die kind of time. He he, he thrives on it, he? he loves it. He, he's up for a scrap. Yeah, massively, massively. He's a, he's a fierce competitor. You know, he always was as a player. Crikey, you give the ball away in a five-a-side, he'd absolutely na- you know nail you. Like you know, he's a, he wants to win. He's competitive. He gives it everything. You know, he's fully committed. He's all in. And I think again, players feed off that. Do you know what I mean? And, and they go the extra yard. They go the extra mile. Um, and again, like you say, that underdog, that fight, that having to survive against all odd stuff. Listen, he, he thrives in that environment, and, and I'm sure the players will feed off that as well which will be important because that's the situation they're in we were talking about this in, in the main body of the pod um and we were talking about whether the, the the players are going to be able to cope with the old school manager style uh of shares they kind of like because as we were coming off the pitch as the mm. players were coming off the pitch at harrogate <laughs> yesterday they came in for some right stick and um you know i was looking some of them in the eye and i wasn't quite sure if they if they had the fight in their bellies or not, to be honest. How do you turn um, a situation like that around where you've got to instill that fight into players? No, he's... 
like I said, I think he's evolved as well, Shez. You know, I've listened to a few of his podcasts mm. um, on in that, you know, over the last sort of six months, which I really enjoyed. And I think he, he's evolved himself. Do you know what I mean? He understands the game's changed slightly, but his, his core values and who he is will remain strong. And again, I think that's that's what you need. I think players need clarity. They need to know exactly what's expected of them. They need demands put on, put on them, but then they need the support. And the support comes from his knowledge, his mm. coaching. Uh, it's the way he'll set the team up tactically. Um, and they, they'll believe in him. Do you know what I mean? I think that that's really important when maybe you look at over the last sort of few months that they'll believe in him and they'll want to do well for him. Um, and again, I think he can adapt this style. We say old school and I, I'm always a bit thinking about the word old school because I think um, Chris Wilder said it's good school. Yeah. Uh, and I, I agree with a lot of it. Listen, we're not putting people in, you know, um, tumble dryers and shutting the door and you know what I mean ridiculous things that used to went on when people go old school to think of people who were actually nuts who were <laughs> mental people but a lot of the old school values discipline hard work putting demands on people digging people out if they're not doing it but then with that always comes support and clarity and you know the real the coaches and the managers really want you to do well but they put big demands on you and I think I think you know those values are, are, are for eternity they're not old school we'll always need them We'll always need them. It's just how you evolve and adapt around them, really. I, um, I mean, I agree completely. But I yeah. mean, you know as much as anybody as somebody who's been in the game for a long time that, and and somebody who's working with younger players now that maybe yeah. as it has changed, you know, for for better in some in in, in some ways. And but like yeah. you said, you need to stick to the core of things, don't you? Yeah, of course, it's it's evolved massively. But I think, like you said, discipline, hard work, and that they'll they'll never change. It's how you manage the players within that now. So that's that's the thing that's different. I think your standards are your standards. I think um, the modern player or the modern person needs to be maybe man managed in a slightly different way. But you never waver on your demands and 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 your sort of standards. Really, that they're. they're you live and die by them. It's um, it's sort of managing the players to make sure that they're they're on board with it nowadays. Just from your position um, of working with um, coaches and young players and, and and people who are working at, at that level who haven't moved up to to the level of first team yet in terms of coaches, how difficult a job was it for Salim to move from managing the the academy and the youth team to stepping up into that first team environment? Do you think? Listen, listen, it's, it's difficult. And again, I, I don't know, I don't know the Salim at all. Do you know what I mean? So I, I don't know how good he was as a youth team coach. Yeah. Do, do, do you know, if I'm being honest, how, how good, I don't know. Listen, if you're an outstanding youth team coach and you're great with people and you've got a great, you know, knowledge of the game and you're, you're real good emotional intelligence, you transition over to the first team environment, you know, probably comfortably. But I think again, let, let, let's have it right that, the way the club's been managed over the years makes it extremely difficult for any manager. You know, we've had a lot of managers at, at Oldham who've struggled. Um, so the fact that you're a youth team manager moving over, is it more difficult or less difficult? I think it's difficult. So you you've got players who you, you know, are they at the level? That'll be the question, really. Um, have you got the support, you know, when you're managing Oldham over the last few years to bring in the players that you think will make the team? But I, I don't know. Um, so in, in answer to your question, is the transition difficult? It, it depends how good you are as a youth team coach and as a coach in your knowledge and then can you can you transition across listen loads have done it really really well and been successful probably now more than ever in the game there's a lot of 23s coaches now across the country who are in management positions and have transitioned well I think you've got to be really good you've got to have good knowledge you've got to be good with people you've got to understand the game and then when you transition you need support yeah. ultimately any manager needs support so it's a difficult task like it's a difficult task for anyone at Oldham at the minute and let's hope Chez can get the support that he needs 
because if he gets that, I think he's got a right chance. Yeah, I mean, we do have a benchmark, I suppose, at Latics with uh, Pete Wilde, who was the thrust from the same position that Celine was into that into that position and did really well. And now he's doing brilliantly at Halifax, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And Pete, Pete Wilde's a good example of maybe he didn't have the experience. He didn't have, he hadn't been a youth team coach that long, to be fair to him. But he's a really, really good guy and he's really good with people. And in when he transitioned across again, he, he'd be good with the players. And he's gone to Halifax. I'm sure they all love him. And he, he'll have grown in the role and developed his sort of management and tactical side of the game as, as he's as he's gone along. But the key thing for him was his ability to to be really good with people and get mm. people that want to play for him because he's a good guy, Pete Wilde. You know, I know him really well. Great guy. So again, you've, you you know you've got to have that as well for sure. Have you spoken to Shares at all, or been in touch with him recently? Or uh, I did message him yesterday. Um, I just messaged him yesterday, just obviously to wish him luck. Um, if you need anything from me, give me a shout. And, you know, we might have one or two players that you might be interested in that I that I know would be able to help. Um, but again, whether he can get the support or not, I don't know, really. I think that's, I mean, that's one of the main things that's been levelled at, um, at the current ownership and the ownership structure and with Salim and whatnot. And that's nothing against Salim, but it's, yeah. it's calling on those favours, isn't it? Having those mates in the game that that, that can sort you out. Because that's, presumably, Chez is going to have to call on that if he's given the, the freedom to be able to do that, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. I spoke to David Ayres as well. You know, David Ayres is an agent now. He's got a lot of players. He's been on to shares. And I think everyone wants to, you know, everyone connected with the club wants to help. Um, A, because of the respect we have for shares, but the, you know, the passion and the the feelings that we have for the club. Do you know what I mean? I think he would have had a lot of phone calls, I'm sure, saying, listen, if you need any help, give us a shout. I've got this player, this player can help you. I went to Oldham on Boxing Day to watch the Scunthorpe game and I watched the Wigan game in the Cup. So I've got a pretty good idea of what players I think could help for sure, do you know? And uh, like hopefully... you picked two games there that would su- <laughs> that you suggest that there was a lot of help yeah. needed around the park. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Probably it more than ever. Those two but games. Really. There is some talent in the team, and it doesn't always take a massive overhaul, does it? It needs tweaks in a couple of key positions, and and things can change, especially in League Two. It's not the best league in the world. No, it's not. No, and you only need a few results. And I think, like you say, Shez going in will have a big impact just on the training ground. He'll improve the players 20%. He'll get them organised. He'll pick the right team. He'll pick the right system. He'll try and set them up to play in the right way based on who's he's playing. So straight away, they're 30-40% better. If he can add a couple of quality players where he might think there's gaps. I know strikers been mentioned and it's key in it to win games. You've got to score goals. So that, that's going to be critical. But listen, Ches is going to make the team miles better. He'll make the individuals better. And hopefully he gets the support to bring in a few more who, who will definitely add real value to the team and give, so- give the players a lift as well. Well, I was just going to ask you, we're cut adrift at the bottom now. You know, there are clear points that we need to make yeah. up. Have you been in a situation uh, like that yourself as a player where, you you know, you're, you're really struggling at, that, <laughs> at this stage in the season? There's still 63 points to go, but we've only won four games all season. So the flipping that switch of believing that it's possible is, is going to be huge. Have you got any any experience? Or? Yeah, no, not as, a, um, not, not as a player. Do you know what I mean? Um but again, I think I think the manager change is a big one. Um, I think the ability to bring in a couple of players is a big one because that'll have a massive impact in the dressing room. Um, and again, I don't really know has Shez got anyone with him to help coach? Can he take someone in with him? I don't really know who's there to be honest. Staff wise, there's probably not that many. Um, but you know, can he get, if he gets the support he needs, great. If he doesn't, then he'll still make a massive difference just to the environment. You know what I mean? And and, and the club. And I think. I think the fans, I think, you know, hopefully the fans recognise that they support the team now, forget everything else, get behind shares, get behind the players and 
the more the more people in the ground, the better. Yeah, for the atmosphere in the game. And if listen, if you get an extra fifteen hundred in the game, will that free up some money? I, I don't really know. To, to for potential, you know, they're going to have to move quickly in the market with um, the transfer window and one thing and another. But um, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a huge challenge. But I'm sure he's looking forward to. It. I bet he can't wait to get in tomorrow morning and get his kit on and get on the grass. To be fair, we can't, can't wait. wait. We can't wait either. And fans <laughs> are, the fans are buzzing. And like players, I, players I, I, left, I left Harrogate yesterday. Uh, at the end of the game, and there was honestly all hope had gone. It was just yeah. it, this is just there's nothing that's there's nothing to suggest here that this group of players under this management no. are going to be able to do anything because they they were lost to a pretty. It wasn't an amazing Harrogate team. They just had a little bit more quality where it counted, and we were just poor. There wasn't the yeah. there wasn't the fight. They didn't come off looking like they've been in a battle. And yeah. it's like you, that's the minimum you need at, at this stage oh, of the you- season where you're bottom in it. Yeah, you got to fight your way out, definitely. Yeah, definitely. so hopefully, I think that I think it will make a big difference. We've got Rochdale on Saturday as well at home, so it's local derby. Yeah, yeah. It should oh, be a, it should be a cracker, and if we can get if we can get off to a, off to a win with that game, it'll oh. it'll make a massive difference. Massive. I think the mood in the ground is going to be a complete shift in there. Yeah. You know, from mood in the ground will be completely different. And listen, like like you say, let's hope they get off to a, a good start and get the win. Absolutely, I hope so. Listen, thanks yeah. for joining us, Tony. It's been really good to hear your yeah. thoughts, mate. No, I appreciate it. Top man. All the best. Hopefully we'll see you around Boundary Park again soon. Yeah, fingers crossed, mate. <laughs> Apparently it happened very late last night, which is why it was, you know, brought with, with more to follow. Where do we start? Where do we start on that, on that, lads? Who, who wants to go first? Someone. Where do we start with that? How are these players going to react to Shez? That's that's where we're going to start. I mean, okay. we know what Shez is like. He takes no nonsense. You know, he, he tells it as it is. Um, I don't know if you listened to um, Under the Cosh podcast when when he was on, and he was basically saying, you know, he's he's not cut for management these days because he shouts at people and they take offence. Hmm. Now I can see half of our squad, if not more than half of our squad, taking offence to Shez shouting at them. So, I don't know. Um, it, it's great that he's been appointed. It's, it's superb. It shows that the club actually do care and want to try and stay up. Um, but he's got a hell of a task on his hands. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree. This this is harder, arguably, than either of the previous two Shez erection saviours um, because of the situation and uh, and the outlook and everything that comes with it. I think... The, the fact that he's he's been appointed presumably means that he has sought some assurances because, like you say, we all know Shares for what he is. He isn't going to take any nonsense. So presumably, um, Mohammed's role is now somewhat reduced, if not redundant, on the basis that he isn't going to be sat chapel roll barking his orders from the from the sidelines while Shares is taking the team. I wouldn't imagine. So that phase is also over, arguably, which is which is possibly the greatest <laughs> uh, bit of news because it, he probably has the most malign influence on on the way that the team has set up and the people that have been signed. My concern is that the embargo is still in place. So we've got apparently one squad place left under the 23 which is we're not entirely sure how that's counted up because we can see at least 25 players in the squad that have played a first-team game. 
But nonetheless, we believe that 22 of the 23 uh, positions are taken. So there's only one signing left that Shez can potentially make, which obviously needs to be a striker. That's not taking into account Harry Vaughan, who wasn't in the squad yesterday, presumably about to leave. Well, yes, I mean, that's what about to come to. So Kuto yeah. uh, and Vaughan could leave. Um, but presumably, to what bit was building, what Will was saying really is, you'd imagine that Shez is going to have a good idea of which players in our squad he thinks he can do something with and which ones he doesn't. And the ones he doesn't, ideally, the thing you do is try and cancel some contracts and pay them up, come to some compromise agreement with a few of them, get them off the books, because no one's going to no one's going to sign them or buy them or you know take them on freeze because they're absolutely bobbins. So the, the only thing you do is just pay a few contracts up. If you're not going to be able to pay off, off the embargo, then pay a few contracts up, potentially partially with the money you raise from selling a couple of the lads. So this week now is going to be probably the most pivotal week. We'll probably know at the end of this week start the next whether we've got any chance of staying up at all because seven points of drift is enormous and we're going to need about six new players in all of which Shez likes the look of all have got battling qualities it's going to need at least two strikers um there's a lot a lot of work to be done this week and if at the end of this week we haven't really made much moves then I can't see even Shez the miracle man himself <laughs> I can't see that he's going to be at a Made much difference. I mean, the odds, the odds of of another Shed's erection are very small. You know, statistically speaking, the chances of him coming in and doing it again are very, very small. And like you said, with this existing squad of players, it's not going to happen. Is there the desire, the fight, the battle within that existing set of players? Are they prepared to suck it up, take it on the chin? What we needed, what we've needed from, and this is what we've been crying out for as fans, is honesty. Like we Shez will come out and say, that was not good enough. I will not like, accept that from my team. And we can get, we've always thought, we've always said this, we'll get behind that because we, it's like an acknowledgement of the truth. We won't put up with this. Oh yeah, I got a lot out of it today. There were, if there's some positives, if, if, you know, if such and such has a good play, a good game, say, yeah, pick him out. Yeah, he had a good game. The, the lads around him let him down. And that's the kind of thing that Shez will say. And they're going to have to take that on board. Because they should be limping off that pitch. Like you said, Will, I mean, throwing themselves in front of everything, doing whatever it takes. They should be bleeding. They should be, I've left nothing out there. They should have been fighting back at the, at the crowd that were giving them shit yesterday, saying, we're doing our best here. We're, gonna, we're giving it everything. You've no right to give us this shit. But they knew, they knew when they walked off that pitch yesterday that they deserved that. Because if you're in a scrap for, for, uh, to, for survival, football league survival, and, and and you walk off the pitch after that, you should be embarrassed and ashamed of yourself. And, and two I players, two players acknowledged it. Miss Miss Alou and Adams acknowledged the feeling of the fans. Everyone else was just yeah eyes forward, straight down the tunnel. Yeah. Well, apart from Blue Ryler, who was clapping the fans. Yeah, I couldn't believe that one. No, no. Yeah, I mean, for for you two guys, Rob and Matt, that were there, was was there literally no fight? For me, there wasn't. Um, I think we had a half chance in the first half. Kuchol just went wide and. Bahambula, from what I remember, but there's, there's just no threat. Even if we get it wide, or we can play some decent stuff for like two thirds of the pitch, and then it gets to the final third, and there's just nothing. Even when Helen Hope comes on, you think, well, maybe he'll make a run or we'll get something off him. But that's the only saving grace I'll say. Has Shez managed Helen Hope before at Carlisle? I don't know if that's right or not. 
He, he might he, get he a managed tune out at Swindon him. last year. Was it Swindon? So I'm hoping he'll get a tune out of Hope. I know that's that's unlikely, but um, from from an attacking point of view, we, if we don't get minimum two strikers in, we, we've got absolutely no chance. And I know the nostalgia kicks in with Shez, and he's done it before, but this is this is like no other. The the, the, the say the uh, to, to to get seven points. Where, you know, being back, back for seven points is very unlikely for me with that squad. To answer that question, Andy, what gets what will get an, an Oldham crowd going? Not just an Oldham crowd, but any 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 crowd. Well, and you know, at Boundary Park, we could be having an abject performance. It could be crappy. A big tackle, a big moment, big moments of fight, like you know, something that the players show, they'll get behind it. There was none of that. There wasn't one big tackle yesterday. That let their lads go to hat trick, right? He's the, he's obviously the danger man. None of them put a big tackle in on him. He's the danger man. None of them let him know that they were there. They can't. They, you can't tiptoe, ballet dance your way around a League Two survival campaign. You've got it. It doesn't matter how big you are. You can leave something on somebody. You can get stuck in. That like you said, Will, about that. That uh, I was a long way away and fairly low down, so it wasn't a great view from of, of Wheeling. But it was like, what are you doing? What you, you, you won the ball back off him far too easily. It's just not good enough. There's the fight is not there, and you can tip and tap around the back from trying to build up your player, whatever. Salim, that's not what the message is at this. They should be cheating, diving doing every single underhand trick in the book to try and stay in this division. The, re- the gloves are off at this stage. It's not about being nice and pretty. It's about staying up. And that nastiness needs to come into the team from shares. And if they don't like it, then tough shit. Like you say, Andy, get them out, pay them off, get them out and get people that are going to come in and aren't going to cry. They're going to roll the sleeves up. They're going to get stuck in and they're going to battle for this club to keep it in the football league because that is all we need right now. Yesterday was an embarrassment. It was a joke. Yeah. Bloody Harrogate. Not even a this, this fucking pub team. I've seen Harrogate. Tw- I went to both <laughs> games, Harrogate. I went to Boundary Park. They beat us 5-1 in aggregate, right? They're not, they're not a good side. They've got a bit more quality in that team where it counts. And they're prepared to get stuck in more and work harder. And they beat us 5-1 on aggregate this season. And like you said, they're an average League Two team. It's, it's it just shows you, though. It just shows you, though, you don't need to be a good team to do well in League Two. You know, you get a few, a couple of decent signings, players that, that want to play, that want to graft, and a manager that, that wants to get the best out of the players. Well, it, 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 all, comes, it all comes down to that recruitment, doesn't it? And, and if you look at, if you, if with Mo largely being in charge of it, obviously Keith Curl must have had a hand in some of those signings in the summer as well. But with, with him having largely having a, a Bit down to Mo. You look at what we've been linked with in in this transfer market up until this point. So we signed uh, we signed a young lad Hunt midfielder. Um, we signed Missalou midfielder. Um, we're linked with uh, Tyree Sinclair from Mansfield midfielder. Tom Scully Accrington midfielder. <laughs> <laughs> you know what are you doing? You absolute moronic fool. <laughs> we don't need any more of that. You could get better ones than the ones we've got, admittedly, but that is not the primary issue at the minute. It's just like last last January transfer window. I'll tell you yeah. what, let's get four wingers in when yeah. we need a centre out. It's just nuts. There isn't any common sense being applied to it. So they, they put a squad together at the start of the season that's just got you no, know, like we've, you know, when we had 
Alf Bridgeon, who's who's a former scout, and Matt said it umpteen times from when he's been, there's just no balance to the team. When you move them around in different positions, yeah. you're still unbalanced every time. Yeah. You can't find a balance. You scratch your head every week. He's like, how's this going to work? This is not going to work. It's not going to work. And it's the same thing every time. And yeah, so it's absolutely, look, we're all delighted that Shez is back because it gives us a, a at least a feeling of a fighting chance, doesn't it? Which, like I said, at the end of the game yesterday, to think that there was, is what, 63 points still available? It's, that's like, whoa, that's actually loads of points. That's more than enough points to stay up. But it's like, how do you actually achieve those 63 points? It's the, can we get them? Can we win them? And 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 after the game yesterday, the feeling was overwhelmingly no, <laughs> we can't. Um, but if Chess got comes a chance, in, we've got the best chance now by yeah. appointing Chess. Yeah, because at the end of the day, look, the, this 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 is like I mean, trying to, to trying to temper things and balance things. Am I excited? Mm, yeah, in a way. Am I optimistic and hopeful? Do I think the club have done the, the right thing? I think they have, but I think they've done it as usual, not because of it, they've not planned it. They were happy to leave with Salim in the job, clearly. They, they brought him here as an interim. They weren't looking for anybody else. They were winging it with him. They were hoping that something was going to click, which didn't click. And it appears from what we know that Shez has come along and said, I'll do it. <laughs> and then they've been kind of forced into, into doing it, which ultimately is a good thing. But really... We should have had Chez in if he was going to come in at the beginning of the transfer window to give him more time. Now we've got a week. You know, it's 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 the usual kind of like reactionary response rather than uh, being you know, quite on it and pro, pro uh, organized. Do, do we think? Do we think that if uh, Salim had managed to eke a result out yesterday, do we think we'd have still been in the same situation? It's a good question. I don't, I don't think we would. I think they would have kept him. Mm-hmm. They, they were think, just waiting for him to win. So, yeah. So, so nobody, nobody thinks that the discussions with Shez have been going on for, let's say, for the sake of argument, a week, where Shez has been saying, you know, it's reported in, you know, Suzanne Geldad ran a story saying he'd, he'd been prepared to work for free uh, till the end of the season. He might have been saying things like, "Well, I want a bonus if we stay up. Uh, I don't want Mo around. Um, I want you to either pay the embargo off or get rid of six players so I can." bring six players in and uh, do you not think there's any of that sort of going on or do you think it was literally just a call after the match all right listen we're absolutely screwed we need you we're reactive aren't we we're all, we've always been reactive rather than proactive if they've, they've seen what's happened yesterday they've seen the, the backlash of the fans online at the game um, and they're hoping that Shez can pull a couple of rabbits out the app with his net, you know his contacts and get a couple of players but I think that's the other thing I think most kind of realised him and Salim they just don't know enough players will come and join us and, and hoping that Shez will get you know, someone from the non-league or someone on loan, someone someone does us a favour and gets us a couple of good players in and uh, I'm going to give it a bit of a fighting chance. But it, we're reactive. We always have been. I think I think there's probably something in what you said, Andy, about Chez having some demands and, you know, maybe he has discussed it with the club. I really week. hope so. I, I, I really want that to be the answer. What, what I don't want it to be is, is the latter, which is, shit, we've lost 3-0 at, at, at Arrogate. All right, let's just do it because like, we're absolutely in trouble here. I, I, I actually want it to have been three, four, five days in the making because yeah. that'll give me more confidence that Shez has got some agreements on what's about to happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I yeah. think so. I mean, there's no way Shez accepts a job just because they phone him up after the match. No, you know, I, I I think 
he will have said, you know, I'll come and work. I'll come and work for you. These are these and these. Like this is what needs to happen. I hope so. And they, and the club have probably thought, let's just see how we get on on Saturday. And then then they've actually thought, shit, we have to do something. Okay, shares, we'll we'll agree to that. I hope yeah. so. Yeah, like yeah. like you, Andy, I really hope so. Well, I mean, and and look, Saturday, Rochdale, home game. It's you know it's all set up in it. It's all set up, and 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 the feeling is, I mean, this this, this brings us round to, you know, ultimately the big question. I put a, a poll out on the on the um, Bound for Clerk system Twitter this morning. Two hundred thirty seven votes so far. Boycotters, are you planning on returning now? Shez is here. Eighty four percent of boycotters, it's, uh, as it stands, are in favour of returning. Uh, they'll be there at Boundary Park on Saturday. Arlene, who writes our blog, um, wrote a blog post this weekend before the game um, about the Shez erection. Um, she's bought a half-season ticket. <laughs> you know, she's not got, not attended for a long time. Um, there's at least I don't know where you stand, Rob. I'll ask you in a second in terms of have you been going to home games or not. But there's three of us here that haven't. Um, so, Rob, you tell us. Have you been attending, and and has Chelsea's appointment changed your opinion? If so, I have. I'm a, I'm a season ticket holder in the in the main stand, so I'm a main stand mourner, um, and I've been a season ticket holder since probably Lee Johnson's first season. But prior to that, going going for years, probably the the last couple of years of the Premier League, I started following him. But yeah, I, I mean, it was what, 150 quid the season ticket, weren't it? In the summer, the way I see it is. They've already got my money. Uh, I did boycott the Forest Green game. Um, and what we're deciding to do is rather than have a couple of beers in the ground, we'll, we won't do that. We'll go to a local pub somewhere or, and we won't buy any merchandise. So I know it's albeit very small. That's our, our little way of uh, protesting. But the way you see it, they've got our money. And if they, oh, God help us if they're still there in the summer. But I, I certainly probably won't, won't be getting one next year if they are. That, that's the way I see it anyway. And lads, of you, what, what, what? I mean, last week, Andy, you were you were coming down on the side of um, lifting the any self-imposed boycott. And again, I just want to reiterate: for me, it's not up to anyone to tell anybody what to do. I don't believe that the trust should be having particularly having a telling people you should do this, you should do that, neither should PTB. But encouraging people to do what they feel is the right thing, and then providing people with enough information and evidence to, to make a, an appropriate decision. Are, are you now, Andy, are you even more in of the thought that you'll, you'll be back at Boundary Park now, Shez is in, or are you, are you wary? How do you feel? Oh, we, we were trying to have, we were trying to set up the position, weren't we, between me and Adam last week to have that debate because we'd, we'd had it prior to last week's pod. And there's an argument, there's an argument for both sides, isn't there? Um, well, yeah, I think I was trying, I've been trying to convince myself that, We've we've got a statement out of Abdallah that he's going to sell, right? That's that's what we wanted, and he maybe through gritted teeth and being forced into it has appointed a manager with experience that might be able to get us out of it, and not just any old manager, someone with connection to the club. Um, if if we see by the end of this week, you know, the next seven ten days, if we see um, a concerted effort to try and get some players in to try and get us out of this mess, then yeah, I'm all in. I'll I'll come back. Um, obviously, I live 200 odd miles away, so I won't be back at every home game. But I will definitely make a concerted effort to come back and and go to all the away games that I would have planned to go to anyway um, to try and get behind the team. Because I think you know 
that's what we asked for and we've got what we wanted so therefore really it requires us to support and and not not get on the players backs if possible i mean obviously it's an utterly abject and awful performance they're going to get a bit in the, in the neck but as long as he puts some effort in then um then it's time to try and get behind them i suspect the the, the one caveat and we said this last week i'm going to repeat it again is we do need to have a regular when i say we <laughs> The foundation primarily, Matt, need to have a regular dialogue with the club's representatives, ideally probably Adam Morley, to ensure that the the sale process is continuing. It's not stalling. No one's um, playing silly buggers. That there's there's no no one's telling fibs. We don't need to know the fine detail through non-disclosure. It's if not if it's not about um, it's not really of detail that should be shared with us. But we do need to understand that things are progressing, that conversations are ongoing. Because they've made that statement, haven't they, that they've got three potential parties that are there, well, so three potential parties they're talking to. And then we have, we've had various news media outlets telling us that the three are one foreign, one local, um, one consortium. And then this week, we also had Mike Minet um, actually tweet the name of somebody who we hadn't particularly heard of, a gentleman called Howard Sims, saying that that person uh, was not involved in a potential take. So we don't know whether that means, for instance, that we've moved from three potential suitors to two or whether that name was never one of the three in the first place. But I guess we just need to keep sure, you know, keep a, a, an open dialogue going. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of course. I mean, this is this is absolutely a massive, massive moment in our in our history. I mean, like I was there are people turning around and asking themselves now, is is can we can we affect it? Can we get behind it? Is 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 us turning up behind chairs with that extra belief going to make a difference? What what where do you stand on it, Will? I think it probably will. I think it it, it could make a difference. Um has it softened your feelings are you are you are you going to go back now Shez is here are you in line with what Andy's thinking or are you more cautious what, what more cautious um but I I am pushed a bit more towards going to a game um luckily or unluckily I, I can't go to Rochdale so it gives me a bit more time to assess what's going on um whether we make any tidings whether Shez is still here after Rochdale um so I, I've got a bit more time to think about it, but it's definitely, definitely made me think twice about things. Mm. Because I, I think Andy, what you were saying there, like you know, we we've been putting pressure on the club, on the owners of the club, for a long time to to do something, to change something, to 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 give us a chance. You know, it was it was get rid of more, it was put the club up for sale, whatever. So they've put, they've they've put the club up for sale, um, and now John Sheridan's in, and and you know. Th- we do have to guess. Look, someone te- asked me this morning, "Are you? Am I going to go?" And I, and I was like, "I'm not." I'm, I was honestly, I was waiting for this conversation. I thought, I'm, "Well, let's talk about it on the podcast. I'll see how I feel um, about it while while we're having this conversation." And from from leaving Harry on on Saturday, feeling that we were literally doomed, um, I want to go. I do want to go against Rochdale. I I, I want to see if. We need to win on Saturday. We 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 need to win that game on Saturday. Going into the game against Scunthorpe, you know we've got Colchester coming up in February. We have to win on Saturday, and if 
the boost, if there's going to be 83% more people, but you know, not 83, I don't know how it works statistically, but if, you know, if 83% of boycotts are going to be there, it could, it could, it could be the biggest home game of the season, biggest attendance. It could work. And I don't know. I think I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm, at the minute, like I'm like you guys, I want to wait and see what happens in the window. I want to see what the real commitment is. This is the start of it with shares, but there is still work to do. Um, but yeah, I'm leaning towards going on Saturday, to be honest, because we are in such a desperate situation. And um, I mean, what else are we going to do? It's kind of like you're just sort of sitting on the sidelines, kind of hoping that things are going to change. It'd be, I mean, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to see a, a, a pat boundary park all behind the team, you know, and really add to the atmosphere. Especially with Rochdale only to bring five hundred, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just on on the owners going back to that, um, you know, and and the sale and the people interested. You'd like to think as well with with Abdallah coming out saying the club is for sale. More people will be involved. So more people might might contact him and say, okay, well, you know what what you're selling the club for, what what you're looking for, and let let's talk numbers. Um, so yeah, there's when it first came out that there were the three credible buyers, etc. You got you got to hope there's more because there there have been lots of people you know in the background wanting to buy clubs. So I, I think that number will be more by now. Well, it, I mean, this this is why I think it's really important to have that open dialogue that we talked about. You know, the, the foundation, a 3% shareholder in the limited company, they, they, they have a, a right to know some information, Ad- admittedly not the fine detail. So um, certainly not until a certain point in time anyway. But we just need to know that those conversations are ongoing and that things are progressing. Because like you say, if we can, if we can uh, get behind shares, try and stay up, then potentially it'd be easier for Abdallah to, to offload it to somebody who can... Look after it better. Pete, see, I, I I disagree about knowing the finer details. I think we should be knowing the finer details. We should be knowing who's involved. So the trust, the, the foundation, as a, as a shareholder, can do do some due diligence on on the buyers. Um, you know, you look at other clubs and people that get get involved in trying to buy clubs. And when we've spoken to the FSA, um, you know, Ashley's a, a Portsmouth fan, so he's been through a load of stuff with Portsmouth, and he's seen a load of dodgy buyers coming in trying to trying to take over the club so if we get to a certain point where it's too late to do anything about these dodgy owners that come in you know there'll be there'll be people asking questions like oh, why didn't you why didn't you find anything out so i think yeah. i mean I that's think that's at, what at, we've at, leveled at some at. point we're, we're gonna have to know some names that's what we've leveled at the uh, trust in the past you know trust boards in the past if uh, we've had these people coming in and <laughs> they've turned out to be disastrous um and there was there was there was no uh, warning of it, or, or, or the trust didn't didn't call it up. So yeah, I mean, obviously that's something that we're going to have to try and do. Um, communication with the club hasn't been easy because obviously we've had to, we've taken a hard stance with them, haven't we? And they don't like that. Obviously, you know, it's not made us ex- ex- exceedingly popular within the confines of Boundary Park. Um, but you know, it's one of those. It was the the whole trying to maintain a good relationship with the club and the softly, softly approach was was not winning any favours with the fans. So there's no, it's a very, very difficult balance. And and, and we, we made a decision on how we were going to do that. And now we've got to try. I think, I think that, that, that I guess that by, by the trust 
um, softening its stance. Again, I don't want to tell anybody what to do, particularly. Does the do you think, lads, that the trust should come out and 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 publicly back? You know, if, you know, all things being considered, if we if we see some signings in the next couple of weeks, next week, like Andy said, maybe they get rid of a couple of players. You know, and, and things look like okay, it's all systems go to back shares. Is it appropriate for the trust to say, or for the foundation to say, back the team, uh, or do we maintain a bit of a more of an? Uh, what you what do you want to say, Andy? I, I I just this this is where the role of the the trust and PTB is different. So I, I think the trust job at this moment in time is to ensure that there's an open dialogue with morally the legal team, the club about the sale process. And if you if you are unhappy with any of that progress, then you raise that as a concern. On the flip side, it's PTB's role to apply pressure to things like uh, you know uh, doing protests because the, the the way the club is being run, um, trying to mobilise support for potential boycotts as well if necessary. But also now potentially PTB could be the organisation that say we've got the statement we want out of the club that he's going to sell. We've got Shez in. Shez has been allowed to sign half a dozen players. Let's back the team for the second half of the season. You, you could you could agree with that or, or not as a trust, but actually I don't want you to be worrying about that now. I want you to be worrying about the other side of it. I was saying that in insofar as like, um, just, this is and this is not about necessarily what I think or don't think in terms of my opinion. This is just kind of like how you have to think about things in a kind of like political situation. You know, like the, the club might turn around and say, well, if you, if you um, endorse getting fans into the ground and then, then that shows that society goodwill and we might respond better to you in that respect you know in terms of like how you repair that relationship so i'm just kind of thinking the process through out loud really it's interesting to get your thoughts on it yeah and and, and you could and and if that's a conversation you're having live with morally you know you you've had that conversation with him a couple of weeks ago the club issued a statement following that conversation um if you keep an open dialogue going and and you, you've come to some uh, gentleman's agreement with Morley that, for instance, the foundation would support back in a team, that's fine. The condition of that is that he's communicating with you regularly to tell you how the sale process is, is going. You know, mm. he, he, can't, he can't just go completely silent on you. He could give you a statement, throw you a bone, even give you shares, uh, throw you a, another large bone, but then go incommunicado on you on um, what, what's going on with the sale. Because you need to know that things are, it's going to take months, you know, could take months. Hopefully it might be quicker, but you know, you, you can only, you can only ask a question and get sensible answers. And sometimes you'll get a bit of movement, presumably in the space of a week, two weeks, and then it will procrastinate for a couple of weeks and nothing will happen. Hmm. But you just need to know. Yeah. 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 And I just think it's good to have this, this conversation because, you know, I think people, you know, people listening, have got questions and, 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 it's not like we've got like a playbook that we're uh, that we're working from, and you know um, we're kind of going along with this as as and we're new to this process um, as as much as as much as anybody is, um, and we want to get we want to try and get it right. I think the most important thing is, is that you know shares coming in is probably a short term thing. I would imagine if he if he keeps us up, he keeps us up. I don't think there's going to be any expectations about next season necessarily, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. The main thing about the the new ownership of the football club is a, is a, is a, is a new model, a new future, and, and doing things differently. That's that's primarily the most important thing. I don't want to be. Yeah, you, you want you want to see for me. You want to see things like you know. We, it's I find it amazing, really, that 
that our academy still throws out talent like uh, Vaughan and, and Kuto, like when it's been under such really arguably strained, um, you know, it's been under, it's, it's been under shackles. You know, we, Pete Wilde and Chris Millington thrown into first team duties again. You know, Connor Marlin thrown into first team duties. Paul Murray sacked. Like, it, it, there's never any stability there. Um, you know, if you think we have Phyllis Kirk doing it for 20 years, and then and then the instability since Phyllis Kirk has gone, it's amazing that we keep throwing out out talent that that could be a value. What what you want to see from a new ownership and new structures that we invest more heavily in things like scouting, um, you know, youth youth coaching, and, and we try to find gems from lower leagues and from the non leagues and bring them through and. And bring them on, so, so that we've got income that, that keeps us going. Because what what the model has been under the Lemsergans is is really an agency biased approach. They, they haven't; they're not scouting players. You know, we we had a little look this week, didn't we, at, at some of the players mm. that have moved. Like, so Hunt comes from an agency called SMI, and SMI is also where Davis Keeler done and Ian Lawler had come from. And then if you if you look a bit more deeply into some of the other players that we've got, so Sam Hart, Harrison McGahee. Um, then there was Gregor Zabaret, the goalkeeper. Remember him? They all came from Omni Sports. Um, you've got Piergiani. Uh, there was Danny Rowe, Ishmael Miller. All came from Lee Philpott's agency. We are heavily reliant on like two or three agents, primarily bringing us players. So it, it, this is this is you can just see Mo ringing his mates up, going, "Who have you got for me?" <laughs> and they give him a printout list of like six players, and he picks one. Like, and there's 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 just no thought and. and structure to how we're, we're recruiting players you, you can imagine shares working to that model can't you yeah. <laughs> no chance he's, he's gonna know the players that he thinks are up to it just from it's a very old school approach he's gonna do it he's gonna do it from the naked eye just watching them in games or going to what you know going to scouting games himself or speaking to players that he ex-players he knows that have seen him the traditional old-fashioned way is the way he's he's going to rely upon it which is much that's where you got players like um, Matty Palmer from you know last time in one of the previous sheds directions you're hoping he's got a couple of rabbits to pull out of the hat like that because mm. that that approach you know like we said Tom Scully Tyree Sinclair the other name we were linked with this week was Ryan Colclough remember him from Wigan and he he got in a bit of trouble didn't he with the police I think um, and he's been playing at, he's been playing at Altrincham he's another player but if you look at his background he's also with Omni Sports. You're like, it's just the same agencies that are just throwing as players. There's no thought to it. So, yeah, you're right. What we need is new owners with a structure and a process that allows us to get behind it. We might, under new owners, we might be shit for five years. I don't care. I've been shit for 10. <laughs> <laughs> Another five of being shit is fine. As so long, long as there's a long-term business plan. Exactly. In place. That's, and, that's but there what... needs to be, exactly. But this is where we've had with the North Stand, the business behind that, the, 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 the revenue generating vehicle that it was supposed to be hasn't, you know, we all know the situation with that and the club and, and, and all that. So it's, it's getting all that stuff in line, uh, having a, a kind of like a non-playing uh, business plan revenue generators from from other other revenue sources and then like you say and having a business plan based around scouting based around recruitment this kind of shows that how um fluffy <laughs> for want of a better word but quite possibly descriptive uh, still is what their plan was it wasn't a plan it was an idea we, we can bring in these players through our friends network of agents and sell them that's how we're gonna that's how we're gonna keep this football club ticking over and it was like 
the reality was <laughs> it wasn't as easy as you thought it was going to be, was it? Or you don't know enough about football as you thought you did, or your mates are just agents trying to make money and they don't really give a shit about anything else. Um, you know, and I think that's that's the truth of it. There wasn't any kind of long-term, the five-year plan didn't exist, the three-year plan didn't exist. Um, you know, and we need to, I th- this is just the thing, like we're tempering this this whole excitement around Shazen that with caution. We've been lied to consistently by the owners of this football club and we need to be on our guard. And so that's why when I'm saying like, yeah, I want to go back and stuff like that. I'm, I'm very wary of, of that. Um, and I'm, I've, I feel like that's why I don't want to sort of necessarily sort of say, I back this now for the, until the end of the season, I'll, I'm, I'm temp- I'll cautiously back it and, 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 and based on actions and, and rather than, you know, being caught, you know, being told something and expected to believe it because there's not the, there isn't grounds for that, is there? There isn't the, the history of that. So I think we need to be very careful. But as for Saturday, massive, massive game would be nice to go to Boundary Park and have a big crowd and and, and, and it cheer us up over the line. Definitely. Absolutely. Um so hopefully we'll see um hopefully we'll see a striker or two coming in soon. Um we need that Matt we need Green or Montel Gibson. Yeah, we need somebody that's going to make the ball stick because and like I said before, it's not just about like having somebody that, yes, yeah, so we need someone that get you know, crosses, but we need somebody that's going to win free kicks in and around the area. We need someone that's going to tire out their centre-halves into making mistakes by bullying them for 90 minutes. That, all so, the someone, things that we don't have. Someone mentioned Holloway this morning, didn't they? He might, he might get, maybe look at Holloway back. I don't know where he is. Was he playing in Australia for a couple of No, he's, a, he's at Burton Albion. Right. Burton okay. Albion. He's, he only signed... Uh, in the last 12 months, but I don't think he's played much. Uh, so he's out of favour there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'd, I mean, you, you, if you remember Holloway, he was he had moments, didn't he, where he, where he looked really good. Um, but his goal-scoring record has been well, atrocious throughout his entire yeah. career. And he's, he's pushing 30 now, and he must be 28, 29, something like that. Oh, ancient. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we're not... We're not- we're not going to get anybody in who's who's a guaranteed twenty goals a season, man. Are we? That's just not no, going to happen. So it's not it's not <coughs> about when. I mean, we need front men. We don't necessarily. It's not like strikers out and out goal scorers. <laughs> They're like rocking our shit, and we're not in a position to sign them. But what we do need is we need the type of players that are going to bring in the light, bring the likes of Keeler Dunn into play, cause havoc around the edge of the area, win us free kicks, so we can work on our set pieces, and 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 bully teams from the front. That's what we need. We we. We're not going to get the goal. The, the whole team's going to have to chip in for goals. And, you know, arguably we need, you know, like to shore up at the back to stop Concede. We've got three, we conceded three goals against Harrogate yesterday. You know, we conceded three against Scunthorpe. We, it, we do need more through, through the team. It's not just strikers that we need uh, because, well, like I said, we're not going to get uh, fifth, someone who's going to come in and score 10, 15 goals in the second half of the season. So there is work to do throughout the squad. Well, this this comes back to those two Wigan lads who were both defenders that we were linked with as well. We're not heard Dickie Bird out of that. I mean, presumably, presumably, I mean, Connor Marlin also tweeted this week that there was a striker incoming. So they've obviously got people. Whether Shez will agree with any of these these people now is is uh, is entirely up to him. But they've got to get people out of this squad. They've either got to pay the embargo off or get get shot some people this week. Quick. Here's one. Uh, the first person down the tunnel yesterday was Harrison McGee yeah. and he had a face like thunder and he walked down that tunnel with his head down. Some people were giving him shit. It was like, what are you giving him shit for? He didn't even play. <laughs> but um, I, there are hearing rumours that he is on an appearance 
um, bonus. Um, and that's why he didn't play. And the look on his face yesterday would suggest that something like that was going on. I don't know if anyone's heard anything about that or if it's just a salacious rumour. No, I haven't heard anything, but it wouldn't surprise me one bit. Because <laughs> yeah. how, how many times have we had play, players under... Well, to be fair, this happened under Corny. You know, if we're going to give Abdallah shit for this, Corny did the same. Corny didn't play players when, he, when they were due bonuses for appearances. But... I can think of at least two examples. What was the lad that we got from Morecambe who went to Mills, Port Vale? Zach Mills. Mills, Zach yeah. Mills. Um, there was, a, there was another lad who we got from, it was a fullback who played for Blackpool before. What was he called? Left back. He was another one. They, they all were on appearance bonuses, weren't they? So it wouldn't surprise me. It's, it's not It's not just the appearance bonuses. It's the, it's the triggering of a new contract. So yeah. like Hunt, Hunt as well. He, he was on, if he played another game, he would have triggered an extension. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we like you say we did it with Corny, yeah, um, yeah. loaning out um, Lee Hughes. Yeah, if you remember, we like ended up loaning him to Blackpool. I think didn't we? Yeah. That, that was because he was close to triggering an extension. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it happens all it happens all over. I mean, not playing players because of that. It, it's, you, it's not, you just it, it's you, not know, you know you know you're coming back earlier to having a new way and new ownership and all that. You just want all of that nonsense to stop as well, wouldn't you? Hmm. You, do, you just want to have a, a a focus and a structure and a you know and 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 treat people well. You know, like treat your employees well, um, and 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 you can get behind it. You know, we don't have to be don't have to be amazing. We, we, you know, we'd just like to have a little bit of hope every now and again. It's just we're not asking for much, are we? <laughs> well, yes, you know, I mean, it's about doing what's right for the team, um, and getting for, to get a result. So yesterday, you know, Adams plays at right back. Right, Adams is not a right back. He needs to be playing further up the pitch. That's to accommodate Stobbs so that Clark can play at centre half when. You know, really, what should, Stobbs shouldn't have been anywhere near the team. McGay should have been in the centre-half. Clark should have been playing at right-back. And Adams should have been further up the field. Like, at least then, to try and get some kind of deliveries into the box for the experienced centre-forward, Bahambula, to get on the end of. But there's, you know, there was... It, it seems to me, the way that, like, looking at the, McGay coming off, he wasn't happy. And, you know, that's the problem. You know, we, we, we've... We, an unhappy squad with a clueless coach with, you know, maybe may or may not be being told that he can and can't pick such and such player because of this and that. When, when it, at this time, it's literally got to be about just doing everything we can to ensure that the team stays in the division. There can't be any of that kind of stuff going on, any of that kind of nonsense. So hopefully that kind of nonsense stops with shares coming in and we start to see 110% effort going into keeping us in this division across the board. Park Alert System is produced and hosted by me, Matt Dean. Additional support and research is by Andy Halliwell and Steve Shipman. 
You can follow me on Twitter at MattDean78 and the show on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at OAFC Podcast. Don't forget to download the Fan Hub app and listen to the show there or by visiting oafcpodcast.co.uk where you can support the work we do by visiting our online merch store, read our blog and get in touch. If you'd like more information about Push the Boundary, visit pushtheboundary.co.uk and if you'd like to know more about Oldham Athletic Supporters Foundation, please visit trustoldham.org. Remember, this is your club and you can have it all, but how much do you want it? Thanks for listening.